And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to the Hold That Podcast podcast. I am Chris Branch, your host, along with Brody Miller, my co-host. We are both at The Athletic. Brody, how are you today? I am doing all right. You know, but obviously it's been a... uh a dark week in the LSU sports world, so it's hard to be like cheery. But uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm doing all right. How are you? Well, I think the real victim here is you because before we started recording, <laughs> you were telling me how you had this whole Saturday planned, and then as journalists, uh, especially in the sports world, uh, know uh, yeah. your entire day was derailed by large breaking news. Which, if you were under a rock, uh, LSU coach Will Wade was fired. A week before the NCAA tournament started, which is, I can't imagine a worse timing, but it is in relation to the notice of allegations that LSU received last week about major violations within the basketball program and the football program. And we don't know what sanctions are coming, but LSU, which adjusted Will Wade's contract a couple of years ago to give them an out if they had major violations, went ahead and fired Will Wade with cause. They don't owe him any money left on his contract. And now... LSU basketball is in the weirdest spot that I can imagine. Um, did I sum that up right, Brody? Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, this is a, it's such a weird story, right? Because one, the way Louisiana perceives the story is so incredibly different than the way the rest of the country does, right? Because I think the rest of the country has been in literally like, why in the world is Will Wade still employed for three years? I think that's been like the consensus. It's just like, wait, this is mind boggling. How is he still, you know, have a job when this is all so apparent? And in Louisiana, it's like, wait, why'd they fire him after all? <laughs> you know, am I wrong in that? No, it's it's like we we're running from the cops for this long. Why why pull the plug now? Yes, like, exactly. And I mean, it's a it's a pretty jarring thing. And I, and I guess I'll start just there, right? You know, and this is not even you didn't even ask me this, but just like to talk to our listeners. I think there's a lot of people that really don't understand that part. And I'd say I'd lead with the one thing: LSU wanted to stand by Will Wade. That is, I think, ignoring that part is a little naive. Like LSU. Like Scott Woodward's been pretty savvy for about the three years he's been here. He became shortly after the the Wade fiasco started, and he has been very savvy never to really like go out of his way to back him, but also by no means ever say anything you know, to discourage him. And, and you know, I think that for the most part, everyone I've always talked to the administration kind of was like they think they can beat this. You know, there was always that mm-hmm. feeling a little bit, but like they, you know, they're like, I don't know if NCAA actually has evidence, things like that. That was a very consistent feeling I got. And they, I think there really was optimism they could get through this. And which, you know, I think, you know, some others have reported, it makes it a little shocking because they've been in these interviews the past year. They have representatives there. They should have known what the NCAA had. But I mean, I think Billy Embody at On3 reported even that like as recently as this week, they were still having contract talks, extension talks. So again, that paints the picture. They were not like just waiting to fire Will Wade. But at the same time, this is the thing that 
I tend, I don't, I don't want to give him too much credit, but I usually give Scott Woodward credit for is he is pretty savvy with how to play these things, right? He backed Will Wade, but also knew, you know, had his ducks in a row. So the mm. second this came down, one, it was, I think it was just so much worse than they expected in terms of the severity, right? Not even the content, but the severity of seven level one violations against basketball, five of them directly devolving Wade, which, you know, talking to some people, that is about as bad as like one head coach has directly been involved in one in, a, in an NOA in recent memory. Like, you know, a lot of other programs maybe have gotten more specific, like allegations, but a head coach having five direct ones is pretty crazy and, and numerous others above that. And I think when it got to that point, two things. One, I think they realized, man, you're, you know, you're not getting out of this. And two, then it became an element of you have to do what you can to now preserve things as much as possible. So you, I think LSU is very concerned about how the football program might get hit if they don't, you know, handle this right. And I think there's an element of, and again, I don't want to like say this literally, so don't like quote me on this, but a slight element of sacrificing basketball to save football. That is something that has kind of been said to me through multiple people throughout this of, you know, okay. And, and people have also reminded me this, this is not a court of law. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is not a real, you know, this is the NCAA can make whatever decision they want. Does that make sense? So Total sense. Building goodwill, which by the way, I don't think LSU's built any goodwill these three years. They've fought <laughs> this as much as possible. So this might be naive on their part, but building goodwill, firing Wade, trying to do the right things. And I think that was very much as much as they can, like, take it as easy as you can on us. And, and they're prepared for basketball to get hit really hard. We can get into that in a few minutes. But the answer to why, I think, is, one, it's worse than they expected. Two, doing anything they can to build good faith and show gesture of cooperation. And then three, of course, is the obvious thing of, and again, I'm not saying they've been waiting just for this, because like I said, I think they wanted to keep them. But they have the Joe Oliva, like you said, renegotiated contract that allows them to. So people saying, like, Man, they've known in 19. Why didn't they do it then? Even if they wanted to do it in 19, that would have been very messy. As much as people are like, we knew. Like, firing for cause is messy. Look at Tennessee football's mm-hmm. legal battle they're in right now. Look at the, the same reason Ed Ogeron and LSU are ended up agreeing on a contract you know, ending. Because it was like, firing for cause is messy. And it does not work if things aren't ironed out beyond belief. So, I think it made a lot of sense. Not, again, I'm not giving them like credit. They waited three years just for this, but to wait, and then when it happened, they could just cut ties and not owe him a cent. And it's kind of a win-win because you know Will Wade still got seven million out of those last three years that he could have been fired. So took that a lot of places, but that's kind of the answer to the the why. Yeah, it, it happened very cleanly. Um, and the the thing that as has struck me a few days later is that the things that he is in trouble for, um. W- like correct me if I'm wrong, would not really be a thing right now. Like I was in Baton Rouge this weekend watching the basketball game. I went to walk ons with some friends and uh, I saw a really uh, cringy, but hilarious commercial with Tari Eason and, and uh, a local lawyer. Um, and, you know, I assume Tari's making good money on that or whatever. <laughs> and it's just like, it was, a, it was such a different world without NIL like four years ago, five years ago where, this this entire thing is trying to get you know, basically allegedly paying players to come to LSU, and then allegedly paying off players, recruits, fiancés to be quiet about payments and doing that in a messy way. Doing it from like, your wife's joint 
bank account no, too. Like that. Yeah. That's just all that, all that stuff would be so unnecessary if we started today. Yeah. Like, I, I assume somebody like Will Wade, who was, you know, the, the thing, and I'm going to say like, I really appreciated Will Wade. And, and I feel like I've seen a lot from former players and even high school coaches in the area that he was, he was a great face for the program, like relationship wise with people with former players, with coaches. He was a huge cheerleader. He was clearly very passionate about coaching at LSU. And like somebody like that today who was helping run an NIL operation and really like, you know, making sure that the mechanisms were in place to uh, give players the opportunities to earn the money that they want to earn. I, I think Will would probably be pretty damn good at that. And that just, yeah. And, and so that wasn't in place when he was making these uh, alleged violations. And it's just, it's so weird that all of this is coming to head right now in this different world. It's like we time traveled, but yet the old laws still like exist and LSU is going to get screwed over it. And I'm not even saying that as like, Oh, we got like, you know, as a victim, because like it sure looks like will did all that stuff and it was very wrong at the time. And it, you know, all that stuff is retroactive, I know, but it's just like it is. It is such a different reality right now, and and it's it's just bizarre. And and on top of this moment, LSU is a pretty good basketball team, and they are playing yeah. in the NCAA tournament on Friday night, like so, as a six seed. I just i I can't even find myself to get excited for it. Not oh, yet. No. I know I'm going to get excited like Thursday and when the games start, but like I, you know. As an LSU basketball fan my entire life, and uh, other fans can relate to me, basketball has been in this in and out relationship of like there've been these really good teams, but there isn't the consistent uh, program, and it's it's up and down, and, and nobody is the, LSU has not been a consistent tourney basketball team really until Will Wade was here. No, it's true. Honestly, the most consistent success that LSU basketball has found now, you know, the Final Four uh, made a couple like a Sweet Sixteen run. Um, had some fantastic teams during that time, and the, and this, it has been super fun being an LSU basketball fan then. But we haven't seen the consistent success, and so now, in a normal year, if you if you would have told Chris Branch six years ago that LSU is a six seed, uh, you know, and has some NBA talent on the team, and they are playing the state tournament, I would be like, where are we posting them at the bar? I am buying LSU <laughs> basketball gear. Like I'm, I'm all in, and and now I'm like I, like I'm gonna watch the game and I, and I'm gonna root for them and I'm gonna be really happy if they win. But it's just like there's this pall hanging over all of it. It's so weird. Well, I want to so save weird. like the actual LSU basketball team discussion for a second because yeah, it's totally worth getting into. It's like this very weird thing where they're probably like a top twenty five team that just now is like yeah. in the wilderness. But um, I want to go back to what you were talking about with like you know whether it would be legal now and all this stuff. I mean, yeah, I want to preface this with like, I'm not, I am not exactly in agreement with the the certain types in the media who are painting it as like this evil guy, you know, like, okay, guys, I, I think Zach Rao, our friend of the show and like, you know, tailgate extraordinaire, uh, you know, put it well. He was like, man, there's a lot that's happened in LSU sports the last five years that have really disillusioned me with LSU sports and make me want to distance myself from it a lot. And he's like, paying players isn't high on that list so again no. like i don't have like some unbelievable moral issue with this but i think i'd go back to and again this is not a one-to-one -one comp so don't like hold this against me but as someone who went to indiana and went through the kelvin sampson thing i think there's some sim like there's a parallel to draw there in that 
Kelvin Sampson was technically, you know, put Indiana in major sanctions and got show cause for things that are, oh my, it was like texting recruits. It was stuff that mm-hmm. like literally a year later was completely fine. And it was all marginal right. stuff. But again, guys, Kelvin Sampson was really punished for having years and years of being known as a guy who was breaking rules and doing things and misleading and lying and, you know, kind of being a guy who was known for cheating for a very long time. And that's what he got caught for and all that. I think that comp kind of works in some ways because no matter your ethical stance on paying players, guys, like still Will Wade, it's about the way Will Wade, and this is not my opinion, it's just the NCAA, it's about the way he just as brazenly as I've ever seen somebody in college sports, just yeah. as like, just shamelessly, just breaking every rule, almost publicly doing it, boastingly doing it, just putting it out there doing it. And kind of, and again, like I hate even saying like, because who cares about this part, but like almost like breaking the unspoken rules. And this part's BS, but I'm just like breaking the unspoken rules of like how to like handle the bigger guys in the sport. Does that make any sense? Like your Calipari yeah. and stuff like that. And like he just went for it and, and then just – absolutely misled the NCAA at every chance he can and lied to them and made it as difficult as he could. That is a large part of why LSU's in the way it is. And also, I think there's a little bit of the comp of the like, hey, man, I, you know, like the people who are like, lead should be legal, weed should be legal, but, you know, uh, but like, so why can I not smoke and be high at work? And it's like, you know, and I, I think that there's some similarities there of the thing of, yeah, just because it's legal does not mean an employer wants to hire someone who, you know, is getting high often. You know, like, I, I think there's a little bit of a similarity there of just because it is legal now does not mean that what he was doing is still not completely, you know, breaking every rule on earth. And so that is where LSU is in the place it is. Will Wade is one of the more egregious kind of cheaters, sloppy with how he handled it so many things. So that's really where they are at this point. And Obviously, let's just to, to touch on it. I mean, LSU is looking at a tough situation. Uh, I, I had some people, some sources say that they are fully preparing for the reality of a three-year postseason ban, which is pretty darn rare. Multi-year right. bans at all are pretty rare. They're looking at severe scholarship productions. Like, they are about to get hit. And that is also a large reason why they had to do what they did. So, I, I don't know. That was just kind of a side thing I wanted to go on of, like, as much as people are like, it's all legal now, it's, it's still, it's not really what it's about. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yeah, yes and no. See, see that, that is the strange thing is that uh, we're going to look back and think that this being illegal was all very stupid because of, you know, uh, not to get into a diatribe about the NCAA and paying college athletes, but like... It is this archaic structure that doesn't allow for this. And I just, I think that honestly, the way he did it, and you know, you've been around LSU long enough, it earned will wait a lot of points with LSU, with LSU, the fan base. He was like, I'm fighting to get the great players here. Uh, I'm going to do whatever I have to do and screw these dumb rules. Now, I, I would have appreciated if he would have done it a little more furtively. Um, <laughs> You know, I I think that it is a basic understanding that before the NIL came out, that this was not an uncommon practice among uh, top tier basketball programs. What Will Wade was doing, but they probably do it better and a little more cautiously, and they don't lie to the NCA right to its face and just be obtuse. Um, but I don't know, like like the the dude cared about having good basketball at LSU. And if his big crime was paying basketball players, I don't think anybody in this community was going to be really upset about that. Um, so it, 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 I don't it's even this weird go way where, where you are. Like, I don't have some moral issue with some of this stuff. No, I know, but it's yeah. like it, it, what you said makes sense. And it, it is probably going to be one of the last like big NCAA infractions on paying basketball players, if I had to guess. Like, I mean, yeah. I, with the reality going forward and like, so it's going to be this, this thing of the past, but it's, it's interesting that like, I think his brazenness probably earned him some emotional points with the LSU fan base, um, while delivering, oh, it made, really it, made it LSU against the world. Year. They loved it. Yeah, I know. And, but it's, but <laughs> the, like now that everything is out there, this was always going to be the end, right? This was always going to, how it was going to end. Yeah, Maybe unless not the, the NCAA timing. botched it. Like, they have many things. You know, the NCAA has botched many things. So I'm not even going to sit here and say LSU's bet was entirely wrong. But, yeah, that was the only other way. But, yeah, this was always going to end pretty badly. So we, we we don't have to linger anymore on that. I, I, I appreciate Will Wade for his uh, his effort and his enthusiasm. And uh, he, I mean, he, he brought a consistency to LSU basketball that, like I said, that we haven't had. So it was it was really cool to expect LSU basketball to be in the tournament every year. Um, now they are in the tournament on Friday with an interim coach. I have no idea what to expect. I will be thrilled if they win one game. Be thrilled. Um, I, I will not. It, anything past one game is lanyard to me, and I, I hope those guys. I like. I can't even imagine what the players are going through right now. Um, like their headspace at all. If they're you know rallying for Will or they're just kind of checked out, I would understand both. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, We'll see. Honestly, and anything good coming out of that is Lanyap. I, I do want to talk, Brody, about like how do you envision Scott Woodward handling hiring a coach? And like like you said, some people have told you 
that a three-year postseason ban is possible, which is crazy, but it's possible. So how, how do you even hire a coach in these circumstances? Yeah, and I think this is probably the right time to talk about our favorite thing that we spent like a month on during the football search, which is the Scott Woodward myth making that has happened the past like few years. Yeah, and again, like I is guys, it is possible for me both to acknowledge. I think Scott Woodward's a very good athletic director and one of the better ones in the country, and also like the myth making involved is kind of cringeworthy. You know, can we go back? I'm gonna try to find the Norlander uh, tweet, uh, but like I think there's an element of everybody just thinking like, this guy's a master. He's ready for this. He's going to have... And people tweeting about Scott Drew and all these people they're going to go get. And it's like, first off, guys, LSU has been... LSU is about to get hit. You are not getting... Unless, yeah, Scott Woodward has proved me wrong many times. I could be unbelievably wrong here. But LSU is probably not getting a major sitting coach at a big job. LSU just probably fell down the list of toughest jobs in Power 5 with what the rebuild's about to happen here in a little bit. So... I start with that. Second, you know, I think I think he's been prepared for this for a while. Again, like I think he's very patiently sat back, right? He hasn't really said anything either way. I think he has been preparing for the possibility of firing Will Wade for three full years. I do believe that. I do believe he's talked to people and all these things. That also doesn't mean that the whole time he expected it to be a three-year, like, and again, that's speculating, but I don't think he expected it to be as bad as it's going to be either. So, you know, I don't know if, the people he's been maybe monitoring is exactly the same as what the job is right now. I think he has to, and again, this is the key thing you and I both want to get across is, even if you are building the Scott Woodward myth thing, right, of like hiring Kelly, Mulkey, Jay Johnson, Jimbo, Chris Peterson, all that stuff, even if you are in on that, this isn't the same thing. Like, yeah, if LSU basketball was completely stable and as is and like its normal self, yeah, I think Scott Woodward would probably make a pretty splashy hire. I think he's capable of that. I think he's proven that. But right now it's different. So I think you have to be realistic that it's going to take more of a, yeah, like a mid-major young guy, maybe not even inherently young, but a mid-major coach who normally wouldn't quite get the LSU job, but is willing to really build something, take the time, take the lumps, lose I hate to say waste, but almost waste two to three years of his career, you know, building, you know, going through sanctions and trying to come out of it in a better place. That is kind of how you have to look through that. The counter to that is you could go a little bit more the Ole Miss football route, for lack of a better word uh, term, where like the the you hire Matt Luke. And I think that was, yeah, yeah, always kind of by people really on the nose seen as like a placeholder. And the second they were done with sanctions, then they got rid of him for Lane Kiffin. That is the alternative. I mean, maybe that even leads to Kevin Nickelberry getting the job. I don't know. But I just think people have to kind of reframe their expectations. And the who we can get into in a second, you know. like. But I think the comp I'd use, and I keep using Indiana, but it's a decent comp because it's one of the last schools to really get hit hard uh, about 15 years ago, is, you know, I do not think Tom Crean and Marquette at that exact time would have been an obvious Indiana level higher in 2007, 2008. But because of the situation and what Crean was good at, they were he was able to get that job, do like a five-year rebuild, and then get that team up to a one seed. Now, IU and LSU aren't the same tier basketball job, but just think in that kind of context. I think that's helpful. I bet Tom Crean would take the job. <laughs> Tom Crean would totally take the job, yes. <laughs> I just think I, the last thing I'll say before we get a name is that I, I think no matter who we hire, us LSU fans have to. We have to support the person. We have to be happy. Like, I have no, I, I don't think you could give me a name where I would be like, 
oh nah i'll be like thank you for coming here please like <laughs> can i show you the restaurants in town can i can i can i buy you a beer like thank you for being here i, I know this person will be well paid um and they're going to do a lot of security with sanctions coming down the road but still it yes. is going to be who, whoever takes this job is going to be undertaking a monumental effort um and we will be grateful you know, I think your Indiana mention is a good starting point for us with names yeah. because at, uh, our the Athletics' Brian Hamilton wrote a story kind of going over candidates. And in it, one that interested me was Archie Miller, the former Indiana head coach, who's still very young. He's 43 years old. He's not employed right now. Um, Indiana boy, what are your thoughts on Archie Miller? <laughs> oh, man. I have to scale back now, back to fan slash reporter mode. Um yeah, I think in a lot of ways it would make so much sense. Like I want to preface that. Like Archie Miller, when he got the IU job in seventeen, was as clo- like I really can't comp- like get this through enough. As close as you could possibly be to like sure thing, rising star in basketball. Like Sean Miller's brother took Dayton not just to an elite eight, but also had like multiple tournament teams. You know, like he mm-hmm. was the guy. He was thirty eight and. You know, so it's worth remembering that, right? Put all the factors in, not just what he is the last four years is what it'll always be, but it was a disaster at Indiana. Uh, I think, uh, as, as some colleagues of mine who cover IU well, they used they called Archie Miller's four years ass ball, um, which <laughs> is so accurate, is the best part. It was just, we just, they called it ass ball because it was just unbearable to watch basketball like his teams had really solid defenses most of the times but it was just like miserable not even just like the tony bennett way where it's like beautiful defense it's like just no offense no (laughs) shooting no like cohesive ability to run a scheme like it was ugly and you know they would have made the tournament in 2020 in fairness to him they would have they looked like they were going to before the pandemic happened but still one tournament possibly in four years in Indiana, which is really tough to wrap your head around. He even brought in some two, two or three, five stars. Neither really worked out and just, it was a rough run. But at the same time, I still like he's 43. He's still a very bright coach. And it's like, you shouldn't rule him out. So in a lot of ways, I love that move, but it's just, and maybe he'll do better at a place where you're not in the limelight as much as IU, but it, it didn't go great. So it's a, tr- it's a really tricky one, but uh, I see a lot of positives to it. Is that fair? Uh, I mean, yes, I, I think on paper, it sounds great. I mean, he has experience in failing at a, at a big job. He was that up and coming uh, mid-major coach. He's 43 years old. He's available. There's no buyout. There's nothing like maybe he's learned something. Who knows? But then you brought up ass ball. And then now <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of out. Uh, I don't want I that kind of basketball. So that ass ball. Um, I think I think the other person I want to touch on, you know, there's Basically, there are so many people that are going to be available, and, and I'm very curious to see where Scott goes. But Kevin Nickelberry, LSU's interim head coach, has been a head coach before. Mm-hmm. Hampton and Howard. Um, he has experience being the head man on the bench. He knows this program pretty well. Uh, he's here. He is coaching on, on Friday. I'm interested to see how he does. Um, could be a great option. I mean, depending on how the guys respond to him. I don't know much about him outside of that he has been a head coach and he's been an, an assistant LSU. I don't know what his recruiting standards would be like, um, but if we're if we're in a, a tournament ban and we want continuity and not just everything starting over from scratch, might not be a bad option. I don't know. 
What what do you know about Nickelberry? Yeah, I think it's tough because if you remove the fact that he's currently an LSU assistant, there's almost no world where he'd even be like a reasonable candidate. You know, like he was not yeah. twelve years of just not being a successful head coach, quite frankly. You know, and and not even just like not even relative to where he was. You know, so it's it's tough to wrap your head around it. But it would fall in the Matt Luke category, right? And again, not one to one, but like. I, I would understand it. Yeah, he's a guy who I think probably has program support, probably players like him. You know, he, he had kind of his – I'm pretty sure his first job on staff was kind of to be more of like the uh, – I forget the, the term, the, like the player development guy kind of thing, you know, and all that. So, like, that's usually a lot of working with players off the field, off the court. So, I, I, I get it, and I think if it comes down to it, there could be so many worse things they could do because, yeah, I think there would – you know, back to your thing of like, hey, whoever it is, you're going to be grateful and you're going to rally around them. I think there would be that – it's kind of corny, like rally aroundism with Kevin Nickelberry, almost in like, you know, just like interims have that effect. They just do. There's a history yeah. of that, you know, and shoot what he does in the tournament will also tell us a lot. I'm actually kind of I'm still weirdly high on LSU making like a sweet 16. I really am. But um, so I get it. It just wouldn't be, you know, the first pick um, and, and probably would be in some ways the last pick. But I get the rationale, you know, because there also are some guys like a Dennis Gates, who was a big candidate for the Notre Dame, I mean, for the start. Wow. The Georgia job before uh, Mike White took that. I think he's a kind of up and comer. Um, he's a guy who knows the the South well. You know, he's, he was one of Leonard Hamilton's like top guys at Florida State for eight years, and that's one of the more impressive programs. Just the way they do things there. Got uh, Cleveland State to a tournament last year. I think that's an interesting one, even if it's not maybe the best one. Grant McCasland at, at North Texas. You know, he's a guy who's gotten North Texas to the tournament three years in a row. Those mm. might be the right like frame of guys to look at in some ways. Uh, Greg McDermott, uh, another guy who's on Brian's list, just interesting because he is a guy who for a very long time has proven he's a solid coach. Like he has done this for a while now, both at Creighton and uh, why am I blanking on this other stop? But he's been successful for a while. So I wonder if he wants to prove he can do it in the Power Five and kind of do this. And, and I don't think that's a bad idea. The one that if LSU can get that's on Brian's list, that's like, holy crap, that's a home run in my opinion, is Wes Miller at Cincinnati. Wes Miller uh, is... I think going to be like one of the top coaches at basketball. I wouldn't be surprised if he's North Carolina's coach in two or three years if Hubert Davis doesn't work out. I mean, he's a guy who, you know, spent 10, he's only, yeah, he's 39, jeez. And in 10 years at UNC Greensboro, just built a, I mean, a really good program, made two different tournament teams in the last four years and like won 20 plus games every year. I love Wes Miller. And now in his first year at Cincinnati, you know, up and down. But, like, some really impressive moments. He, he won some big games at Cincinnati year one. I'm a big Wes Miller guy, really young. So, if there's even a world where he would come, and again, I don't know if he would. He's His stock is going up. And by the way, yeah, basketball's different than football, right? You could – I think there is a completely real argument Cincinnati basketball is a better job than LSU basketball, like, even before the sanctions. Like, you know, they're just different things. Like, again, I don't want to, like – I'm not putting that on the record, but – it's a good job. Like it's a really good job. Well, so, and, and and Cincinnati is coming to the Big Twelve. Yeah, they're oh, great gonna, point. They're going to be a Power Five team. So it's it's it doesn't. You're right. I I would consider that kind of a lateral move. Yeah, exactly. So, but if if LSU could get him, I think LSU fans should be celebrating because yeah, I also think he'd know how to build something here. So yeah, I I think that's kind of. I, you, I know you asked me more about you know other uh, other guys, but I think that's kind of the most interesting thing here is you have to frame it through that. And Buzz Williams going to be mentioned just because Jim, uh, you know, obviously Scott Woodward hired him at Texas A and M, which again people always talk about 
sorry, I've been talking for a while here, but I know it's people okay. always talk about like all of his other big hires and buzz tends to be last. But in terms of context, him getting buzz to leave Virginia Tech for A&M was like a huge get. Like that is a buzz. Williams right. is a really great coach everywhere he's been. He took. Mark, he won really well at Marquette, really well. He got mm-hmm. Virginia Tech from like the 300s in Kempom to like number 13 last year in five years there. Uh, in A&M, or not uh, a few years ago, at A&M, they went from like the 200s to their like number 30-something now in year three. Like he is building things everywhere he's been. I mean, if he'd be perfect. But again, he's a $16 million buyout that, as you mentioned to me pre-show, Scott Woodward obviously negotiated. So I just don't think that's happening. Plus... Buzz Williams is too established of a coach to want to go through a rebuild like that. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Right, exactly. I mean, and he's a likable guy too, so I'm I'm not considering him. Um, I think the thing that, you know, the, the interesting game that we could play with ourselves here is that all of these guys on this list and anybody that is a rising star in the coaching community, there is plenty of reason for them not to come to LSU because they will assuredly have interest at other stops that can go to the NCAA tournament next year and the year after that if they succeed. So why would they take LSU? So maybe that uh, that Scott Woodward mythical part comes with which <laughs> promising mid-major coach he decides to come hang out for five years in Baton Rouge to build a winner rather than w- with tough times rather than go to somewhere like let's say Kansas State any other Power Five jobs that's open yeah like absolutely that's that is going to be the big swing rather than like oh I'm going to go steal uh you know ex-head coach at basketball powerhouse or something like that. Like that's not going to happen, but the, if it is an up and comer that it has a promising future and chooses to be at LSU and get through these sanctions that are coming, whatever they are, I think that is, you know, the same caliber of big pull 
uh, for basketball than, you know, get say getting Brian Kelly to leave Notre Dame to come to LSU would be for football. Is that fair? Um, yeah, I think it's relatively fair. Yeah. I mean, I think it's completely fair. So, yeah, I, I think it's just a – I don't know where I was going with that, actually. That happens to me at least once a show where I start talking and I have literally no idea where I'm going. I'm so sorry. It's okay. We're all, we're all here for you. I'm just saying that <laughs> this is going to be more one of the more fascinating Scott Woodward hires, like – in the details because it is a much different recruiting job than he had for any other program here. Football speaks for itself. Women's basketball clearly was ready to be great immediately. And he went and got the best coach in, in women's college basketball. And all of a sudden they're a three seed when they were not great last year. So I know that Kim brought some players some coaches, but still it's incredible the turnaround that she did in year one. Clearly that was a program ready to go. I don't, now, I don't know if that even was a program ready to go. I think Kim Mulkey is just a wizard. I think she is too. Yeah. So, and baseball, I mean, they're having some some struggles this year, but they're hitting the hell out the baseball. Well, yeah, I so, think they're on the right path. Uh, By the I way, mean, I think baseball's the better, and I God, don't, this is, again, like, don't hold these things against me, but it's almost a better prism for looking at what Woodward's going to have to do here. And what I mean by that is Jay Johnson was not the first, second, or third option. He was not. Uh, and I think that is going to be at least helpful, if that makes sense, in just kind of like how Woodward handles things like this. And by the way, Brian Kelly was the third option. Like, again, we have to remember some of these things. But just in terms of like, yeah, Scott Woodward looked at bigger names for baseball. But when things all sorted out, he also found a guy who knew how to build really well in Jay Johnson. He knew that like that was what he wanted. And I think basketball might be a little... Very different, but similar just in terms of showing like Woodward does know how to pivot, I guess, for lack of a better term, and knows yeah. how to find a guy who actually fits what else you need. Johnson's young and will build and is going to recruit in a way else who hasn't really tried to recruit in recent years in terms of like mm-hmm. how they do it. And I think right. basketball, maybe he has to find someone in that mold again. Also, I got to really rip on the people. Just I got to say this again. There are people who are like, I've seen multiple people like, Checkmarked accounts, uh, blue check accounts saying like, Kelvin Sampson knows you? God, people. Or Scott Drew? And I'm like, guys, first off, I can't tell what's worse. The thinking that LSU with everything they're about to get hit with is going to be able to steal someone away from one of the best jobs in the country, who has one of the best teams in the country. Or yeah. two, if it's worse that they think that LSU, who just got in trouble for all this cheating, is going to hire like some of the more notorious <laughs> cheaters. Like, I guess, I guess Scott Woodward is not exactly known for his subtlety, so maybe, but like, I'm just blown away. I just have to go on these rants sometimes. I'm just like, people, oh my God. Do you do any would, research? It would, I, the, the, if, if they hired Kelvin Sampson, the minute he gets hired, we, we have to hit record. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. No, I have like four people I'd call on as guests immediately. Yeah. We, we'd have a whole month's worth of contact. Oh my God. Kelvin Sampson's one of the best coaches in the world. Kelvin Sampson's clearly, brilliant. Clearly, like, he is he is an incredible coach. But like the, the great um, sports what if is that if he didn't get fired for things that are now legal, like what would IU basketball be? Because he got him top 25 his first year. But I feel anyway. like he's like he's like the final boss and like um, on the Will Wade video game. But like Will Wade was like the the second tier boss and Kelvin Sampson is like souped up Will Wade. Yeah. If they hire Kelvin Sampson, I think the NCAA just like builds an office. Yeah. I, I, I think they, you know, whatever vacant office spaces in Baton Rouge from people going remote, uh, the NCAA will take all of it. Um, so anyway, it's going to be fascinating. And, you know, I, I have a feeling that this is not going to be a quick hire. Um, not many of the, the hires have been quick, uh, which, I appreciate it's going to be thorough. 
I guess we'll, we'll probably have to wait at least till after the tournament, if not longer. Um, I'm just fascinated to see it. I mean, it, it, it is, it is very interesting that, you know, I feel like we are making this a Scott Wilbur podcast, but, um, after this, this athletic department will be very much made in Scott Woodward's image. God, I know, right? It will. So yeah, just the for those who aren't like completely following everything, uh, I'll just restate it for everyone. He has now already replaced the LSU baseball coach, LSU football, LSU women's basketball. I believe volleyball as well. I believe soccer mm-hmm. as well. Um, not exactly the same, but you know, DD Bro did retire, so he promoted Jay Clark in gymnastics. Like, yep. It is basically, yeah, obviously there's a few outliers like, you know, Beth Rinette, softball, a few others, but he is completely now remaking this in his image. You are absolutely right. And each one has been completely different in so many ways. But, you know, and, you know it's like in some ways this is good for LSU. I don't know how to – how do I put this? Like LSU, I think, when Scott Woodward took over – was in a very unstable place when the Joe Oliva era was ending. Is that fair? Like, not even in terms – like, Ed Ogeron was – obviously got them to great heights, but even in the moment, like, even when Oliva was fired, and that was after 18, everything with Ogeron felt volatile. And mm-hmm. Will Wade was under the biggest microscope in the world when Woodward was hired. And women's basketball was absolute, you know, dweller – like, cellar dweller. And, you know – Baseball was obviously stable, but wasn't where they wanted to be. And I think, I think you know, in the Woodward era, at least, they are on a mission a little bit to just rebuild the entire LSU athletic culture. And that's not me saying like they're going to be Boy Scouts now, because God knows I don't think they are. But I do think there's a little bit of like the Kelly hire was to rebuild the culture there and get a culture of things that are just more stable and they know what they're doing and there's communication and everything's under control and Kim Mulkey's obviously its own thing but that is completely changing the culture and I think Jay Johnson's changing kind of how they do things at baseball and now Will Wade's the biggest example arguably of trying to you know maybe rebuild the culture in basketball a little bit now with after him so yeah like this might all end up being LSU sports might be in a really great place after this hire you know depending on how it goes but it's a really really tough one for Scott Woodward you say unstable. I say interesting. <laughs> all both accurate. Oh, no <laughs> doubt about it. God. Um, all right. I, I think we have we have hit our allotment of basketball. Uh, you know, we will be watching the game uh, on Friday. Um, the this is the best sports week of the year to me. So I'm I'm still excited. I know I'm going to get hyped for Friday. Um, spring practice starts in nine days, Brody. What's what are we looking for that we haven't covered already? Is there any new questions arisen? Um, no. What do you What are you excited to see at the start of spring practice? You know, I think one of the main things we're going to ask. I think Kelly has a uh, press conference. I think the Tuesday before it gets rolling. I want to say, or maybe the Tuesday it does get rolling. But yeah, uh, uh, I want to ask about John Emery. Uh, I, I've yep. heard positive things that it's trending the right way and that it looks cool. good. And I'm honestly hoping to have a story up this week on him talking. But uh, but I think that's a big one is just, you know, we haven't gotten any real like public confirmation of anything with John Emery. And I think there's still a chance he has more like punishment, you know, like that he won't be like eligible all year, but he might get penalized a little bit, maybe miss some games. I don't know. So I think that's one thing I'm really just curious of following. Um, and I think that I'm, the other one is just I really want to see kind of I don't know. I want to see what happens to that running back room as a whole. And I'm so fascinated to see what tight end just looks like. You know, like, do they pivot away from it? Do they do some of these guys step up? I don't know. What about you? I mean, it's still Jaden Daniels and what the quarterback room looks like at the end I tried, of the I try to always pick the non-obvious one, but yes, that is number one. Yeah. 
I mean, that's the one. So like, I am fascinated about the running back room. I, I have, I have stayed on John Emery Island for a long time oh, yeah. and I feel like I've bought property and you know, my value has gone down, but I'm not, I'm not selling. I'm not so selling. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to see the John Emery I was promised four years ago with a grainy practice footage clip of him, you know, breaking through a really good <laughs> LSU defense. And I was told then. So as um, a fellow beat reporter or former beat reporter, you, you probably relate to this. I guarantee you have someone just like this, but I think every beat reporter has like the guy they've wasted sounds harsh, but like put too much ink on over several years. Cause you just keep assuming it's going to happen. And that is, I've written more words about John Emery. Probably, I would say it's arguable. I've probably written five times as many stories on John Emery as anyone else. And just because, like, yeah. one, you know, just sometimes things work out that way, right? You find some angles, you know, the family, stuff like that. But, like, just, I keep, like, being like, this is the year of John Emery. Or here's what's going on with his academic situation. Or, shoot, here's what happened with his family during the pandemic. All yeah. these things. I keep writing about him. So, I am also with you on John Emery Island. I refuse to sell my stock because I really do believe he is going to break out if he gets the chance. So we're together on that, man. I am I'm ready. Not committed. That's, that's what I'm interested in. I'm, I'm interested just to see when, like, like, you know, under Brian Kelly, we haven't had any, like, regular football activity. So I'm just interested to see what the vibe's like, what the, yeah. you know, when he's talking. You know, it's, it's just going to be a different feel. I'm excited for it. Um, and, yeah, that's all I got. So, um Anything you want to plug, Brody? You you wrote a lot about the uh, notice of allegations this week. Anything <laughs> coming down the pike the, otherwise? Yeah, no, there's some things. I mean, like I said, hopefully I'm going to have something on John Emery sooner than later. Um, I think there's hopes for a Jaden Daniels feature sooner than later. But uh, okay. and, and also uh, there will be a women's basketball story coming out of this weekend in some capacity. So uh, on Kim right. and what she's built there. So, yeah, now we got some good stuff coming for you guys. And also, make well, you sure guys, you read the Pulse every day. Make sure you sign up. It's on your app. Sign up for the Pulse newsletter. Is the best part of your morning. Written thanks, by Chris Brody. Brandon. Written by yours truly. Um, well, yeah. Well, give us five stars wherever you rate this, wherever you listen. And uh, we'll be back with you next week. Uh, go Tigers. Right, Brody? No, you can't say that. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Bye, y'all.